170 of all the books show that recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, library news, and author news. I'm Eric Mickles being laughed at by... Nick Gunning. You said the recorded at. I don't know. Just, I don't know if I did or not. You did. I don't... You did, don't and it just... people saw it, that. It tickled me, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry that I... It was very unprofessional of me to laugh at you yeah. in that way, so... We are the recorded. I'm sorry. I, we... I, I did it like Starfire from the, uh, Teen Titans Go. Yeah, you're yeah. right. We are the recording. You are right. Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which is out on DVD now and here in our collection. So, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, check it out. I loved yeah. that movie. Uh, Warner Brothers called. Your check is on the way. Great. Yeah. Perfect. So, that would be Along with excellent. a copy of... Uh, Fantastic Beast too. Oh, I'm fine. No, they, I'm fine. They they heard about your story. Jeez, I so I did try to watch Fantastic Beasts two, Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, because as much as I didn't like the first one, and that was a whole lot, a whole lot. Yeah, you didn't like it. Um, the second one, the the trailers were looking kind of interesting, and Jude Law in it, and everything. It just sort of I was like, okay, let's try it. So we went half hour in, the movie freezes. <laughs> we get moved to a new theater. And they're like, we're going to start it right where it left off. And it picked up in a totally random spot with people we had never seen. I had no idea what was happening. Right. Then it stops. And we're like, okay, they're fixing it. It jumps to a different scene. Still, we have no idea what's happening. Still way too late in the movie. So we left. So I've seen the first half hour of Crimes of Grindelwald. And? Uh, a few minutes of the middle, I guess. And a few minutes of the late middle. I don't uh, know. And? And uh, my wife was enjoying it a lot more than I was. I, I was, I just don't remember the first movie very well because I hated it so much. So it was kind of hard to like, I kept being like, so who is this? What are these relationships? You know? Right. The, Eric just watched the movie last night. The first one. The first movie. Yeah. So what What was your hot take on it? What was my hot? Well, yeah. Like I'm going to have a hot take. People kind of know my feeling towards. They do. The Harry Potter universe. Well, listeners yeah. do. They do. Maybe not like the random Joe on the street. Yeah. That'd be rough if yeah. I was just out there yelling. He's like, we know this already. It seems like something you do, though. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't know who it was for. That, that was my until thing the, exactly. Until the end, because I'm yeah. like, this is a kid's film. And then they were going to uh, commit capital punishment right. on our heroes. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this is for grownups. And then they had still more goofy things. But also children being beaten for witchcraft. Yeah. And finally, I was it's like, all oh, over the place. this is just for the grownups who were kids or teenagers yeah. watching the original movies and now they want more of this but like still want to feel like they can they would like the goofy platypus that steals coins kind of stuff and i just kind of felt like all right i don't want to hear any more crap about the star wars prequels I, honestly <laughs> I, that's you know that's what it reminds me of though yeah. it's like jk rowling has become george yeah. lucas i feel like yeah. in that maybe step aside yeah. and let somebody else take this over because uh, it's just not working. For more on our thoughts on all of that, go to episode 98, Harry Potter and the yeah. Podcaster Spotlight. Um, but I'm going to see the second one. I probably yeah, I, will. I will too at some point. We started not, it. Sometimes the movies are entertaining yeah. for me, but most of the time I'm like, I am just not in this. I'm hoping. So. I really am hoping that it is. Yeah. But It's just, I don't know. I'm just watching like, yep, we're watching a bunch of grownups be wizards. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Also, wands are just guns aren't they basically in at least in this in fantastic beast at the end the villain is attacking newt yeah. and he's just shooting the wand with powers right but like it's not doing any magic it's yeah. just blast blast yeah. blast and i'm like oh this is just a gun right. and then it made me think w- they're just giving 12 year olds guns yeah. in the harry potter universe <laughs> So, I think those are advanced spells, the gun spells. <laughs> you got to be a certain age. <laughs> it, to... it was just, it, if, after a while, also, the whole teleportation thing, it, was, it seemed like 
Doctor Strange, the superhero movie, mm, yes. got a lot of crap for Doctor Strange not doing like magical things. Right. But I feel like he did just as much stuff as these guys did. Probably right. And Fantastic Beast. You were probably right. Teleporting and blasting. So yeah. I kept waiting for like actual magic. It feels bland. It feels yeah. bit, the color scheme in this. Oh, I think yes. it's it's the director, David Yates, because he is the same thing with his other movies, like the older ones. It's a very muted color scheme, which is yeah. very confusing to me, considering it should be like full of colorful magic and everything. Right. I'm not going to rant anymore after this one. Okay. But I think the early Harry Potter movies, like the first two, the yeah. Christopher Columbus movies, right. even though they're like the worst ones, yeah. I think what they get right that all the other movies don't get right, for me anyways, is that I remember reading Harry Potter and thinking it's just like color yeah. and things everywhere. It's a, it's kind of a chaotic mess of uh, magic and everything. And then it seemed all very sterile going on. You know what I mean? I do, yes. And even watching Crimson Grindelwald, I'm like, this this isn't like a fun place. I wouldn't want to go here as right. a kid. Agreed. So anyway... Yeah, well, that is, that's a hot take on a movie that's a few years old now. Yeah. <laughs> but we do have the screenplay. We have the DVD here. Yeah. And I just ordered the screenplay for Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, so I, if you're a J.K. Yeah. Rowling completist, there's a whole bunch we of, will uh, have it. There's a whole bunch of Fantastic Beast books I'm ordering. They, they put out a... I don't know how long this has been out there because I'm not totally in touch with it all. But because Fantastic Beast is just this tiny little book. Yes, it is. But yeah. they put out a hardcover, like big encyclopedia, illustrated and oh, everything that cool. looks really nice, which looks like it should so yeah, that's we're nice. going to get some that's of those. Fun. Okay. Uh, well, let's open up the old bookmark, see where we are, what All we're right. reading, what we're doing. Um, I've had, I, I'll tell you what, uh-huh. I, this is like my kryptonite, but I've been in this rut where I just can't, I can't, hey, I can't read. If I go crazy though, yeah. will you still call me Superman? Y- yes. If I'm alive and well, will you be there holding my hand? Yeah. I, yeah. I know that that's a song. So. Kryptonite. Yeah, Kryptonite. By Three Doors Down. But yeah, I don't know. I just I just haven't been doing a lot of reading lately. Yeah. And it's usually like my outlet. My, it's you your know. Kryptonite. So <laughs> anyway, I finished uh, Children of the Jedi for my little... I don't know why we say little, but for my for the book club that I'm doing with some friends. Uh-huh. Your little uh, book by club. Barbara Hambly. Sorry, book club. I was not a huge fan of it. Yeah. I was not a huge fan of it. Snap. And then I also read uh, uh, Batman White Knight, which is part of the new DC Black label. Yeah, I read this. Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, you, I know you weren't. You were kind of on the fence about it. You thought it was too talky. Yeah, hey, four stars. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I thought. No, I said it wasn't like there were things that held it back from like its fifth star for mm-hmm. me, like a little too repetitive in some of his points. Yeah, I didn't find it repetitive. I thought huh. it worked really well. And I huh. liked all the random homages to different eras yeah. of Batman, different movies, different cartoons or yeah. whatever. It's like we had a little slice of just about everything in there, including Batman and Robin, which nobody wants to remember. Yeah, you but, you pointed that out to me, and I totally, because I have not seen Batman and Robin forever, mm. that uh, Alfred and Yeah, there's, a, there's an element Freeze's in the wife. comic, right, exactly, where... Uh, Vic, uh, Mr. Freeze's wife and Alfred are suffering from the same disease. Which was so in the Joel Batman. Schumacher. And that's it. Robin. That's it. That's the only place it is. So, so yeah. like for them to pull that, they're really pulling from everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, great Batman story, great Joker story. And I'm not a huge Joker story uh-huh. guy. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I thought it really worked. And we have it in our collection. And uh, you should check it out. Yeah. I think it's worth a read. I think it's interesting. It does some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm currently reading... This book right here in front of me. I can't remember what it's called. When the Lights Go Out by Mary Kubica, author of The Good Girl, which I have not read, but that was a hit when it was out. Oh. This one is okay so far. Are, um, you, are you cracking? Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. This one's okay so far. It's I'm not 
it's a protagonist that I'm not really relating very well to. I'm uh-huh. not super interested in her plight, and uh-huh. that's going to become a problem if that doesn't change. <laughs> Did you shortly? read? I'm about ninety pages in. She wrote the Good Girl. No, I haven't read that. Oh, I thought you picked this up because you've read her. No, before. no, it just looked interesting, and okay. you know, look, the R in Mary is backwards, reversed. Yep, I don't know what that's all about, but it is. Huh. I'm reading that, and uh, it's funny after our talk last week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about Stan Lee and the differences between classic Spider-Man and classic Superman. You picked up something. Uh, I happened to find just at a thrift store a uh-huh. collection called Superman in the Fifties, which yeah. is just exactly what I was talking yeah. about. Like Fifty Superman stories. Yeah. Superman's um, broken up with Lois Lane. Is dating a twenty-year-old. <laughs> he got himself a convertible. Mm. Not not Superman in his fifties. Oh, okay. Superman stories from the. He's 50s. visiting. He's visiting uh, his son, John Jonathan. Yeah. Only on the weekends. Again, that would make more sense if it was Superman in his 50s, right. but it's not. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is cool about it, it's, I guess it's kind of curated by Mark Wade, Yeah. and it's pulling kind of the best of the 50s, so mm-hmm. it's not a collection that's like, look how goofy the 50s were. Yeah. It's like, here are some things, because I, apparently it was very loosely connected. The comics at the time in the uh, uh, George Reeves Superman show mm-hmm. were very interconnected, so right. that stories would be in one and in the other and they kind of uh, brought the Superman stories down to a level that was like TV budget friendly and oh. so I didn't really know all that aspect right. of it so I was really interested in just the foreword of this and it's making me appreciate these um, kind of more grounded Superman stories uh, a little bit more so that's that's interesting I'm, I'm just in that right now that's basically it for me I haven't done yeah. much else no yeah so Take it away. What about you? Uh, I finished Contagion. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, by Aaron Bowman. Yeah. This is a young adult book. And yes. last time I said, I don't think this was a young adult book. It is. Oh, okay. It's a young adult book. All right. Uh, w- once you get reading through it, the ensemble kind of gives way for the lead character. Okay. Who's a teenager. Ah. And there's a teenage boy. Oh, boy. And they, they're the only ones. They trust each other, but nobody trusts them. Yeah, they trust each other. Uh, it's fine. I, I think if I would recommend it to its audience for this type of scenes. Yes. I would recommend it to teens because it has that classic, like claustrophobic. You're on an alien world dealing with like a virus, uh, you know, then there was none kind of situation. Okay. Uh, so it's a kind of story I like in space. Uh, I just didn't necessarily love, I don't know. I can't, I cannot figure out what it is about like this YA written book like this versus an adult one. But I think it's just the style of writing. I think the writing itself isn't as engaging to me. Mm. It's just, it gets the job done mm. because this type of book is about the relationships. Yeah. So. Well, that's kind of, it goes back to when we were chatting with Wendy Corsi Staub, what she was saying about mm-hmm. like using a different part of your brain to yeah. write YA, that it's not just, it's not just the subject matter. It's, it's the right. way that she writes everything. Right. It changes like fundamentally yeah. so yeah it makes sense it makes also sense. i forgot this has a sequel coming oh so that kind of in for a penny in for a pound well no i it it dilutes the ending i guess is okay. the thing because i'm reading i'm like all right so you're gonna and then it has like a hunt another 20 pages to lead up to the sequel i'm like oh i don't care i'm i'm not it making the sequel it just reads it starts to read like any other ya thing you know, like Is Lazmat oh, in it? No, Lazmat's oh. not in it. But okay. as soon as you realize that the higher powers are in charge and the teens are going to have to mm-hmm. save the day and everything, yeah. like, okay, you know, you had a pretty decent standalone thing. What is it now? What's the thing now? For YA? Yeah. I don't think there I is. I don't think the whole, like, the fairy tale bubble didn't, that popped real quick, it seemed like. The biggest, For a while, everybody was trying to do a take on a fairy tale. Yeah, the biggest thing right now, I mean, I guess the hate you give 
was like social action. Yeah, kind of books. yeah, that, yeah, that's probably a good way makes to sense. Uh, to put it. If I went it on to sense. the, uh, Dear Evan Hansen is based off a oh the Broadway musical. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, Children of Blood and Bone has been doing a that's pretty what? decent that's business. Fantasy? Yeah, but. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's not like, you know, you can't just say like teen dystopian and right. teen fairy teen tale. Teen vampire so <laughs> lovers. <laughs> I think maybe they're uh, they're finding the next thing. So anyway, uh, yeah. And then what else did I read? Oh, no, I haven't. I have to read. I bought myself another copy or not another copy. I bought myself a copy of The Tower of Swallows, which is the fourth Witcher novel. Which uh, yeah. we have them all in the collection, you know. You yeah, can we just do. check them out. I know. I've just been. I like to support. He doesn't get any money from the video games. Oh, <laughs> as, I see. As the lawsuit. I see. Show so. Uh, oh, good for you. And That's I can nice. I can read this on my Kindle, while I travel. Here, see, You're trying to help out the little guy, and, and I, I pay him as I know. I'm I'm a monster. Uh, but I also have Batman and Robin Volume Five: The Big Burn to read. Oh yeah, don't get rid of that because I need to read it. And I also have Suicide Squad Volume Seven: Drain the Swamp to read. This is like the rebirth. I can't believe we're up to seven. Also. Swamp Thing better show the heck up in this ep- in this issue. Yeah, I guess so. You don't you don't put anything Swamp in a title in a no. DC book, and Swamp Thing doesn't show up. He's got to be there. So, oh, well, I mean, they're I mean, they're prepping a Swamp Thing show right now, so it'd be That's good to true. give him a little yeah. bit of not coverage. a Suicide Squad movie. No, no, because that movie made tons of money. No, yeah, I read the novelization to that. Everyone, yeah, <laughs> it was fine. Yeah, he did. How many times have you seen Suicide Squad? Twice. Yeah, I've seen it twice too. Yeah. That's enough for me. Second time I watched the extended cut. Oof. Unlike Batman v Superman, it doesn't really. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. It doesn't really do it. All right. Man. I'm trying to think if there's any. Oh, I watched the big short. You know what I feel like I haven't okay. said in a while? What? Batman v Superman sucks. Sorry, man. It is a terrible movie. Yeah. Anyway, the big short. I watched the big short. Like uh, with Christian. What? No. Oh, wait. Did I say the big short? Oh, that's where I got lost. No, I watched Get Shorty. Oh, Get Shorty. Oh, yeah. okay. No, I didn't want... I mean, I have watched The Big Short. Okay. And that like, is with Christian Bale, right? Uh, What? The Big Short. Yeah. The Big Short is with Christian Bale yes. and Steve Carell. And Get Shorty is, is with Travolta. Tra- John yeah. Travolta and Gene uh, Hackman. Based on the novels by Elmore Leonard. Yeah. Um, And it's by... The movie is Barry Sonnenfeld... Uh, help me. Adam's Family. Barry, oh, I, Barry I Sa- Sonnenfeld. Okay. Okay. Barry Seinfeld? No, not... What's the deal with the Adams Family? Barry Sonnenfeld. Okay. Anyway, he, he directed, uh, like, Adams Family and Men in Black, but he did Get Shorty and uh, Big Trouble, which is based off of... Elmer Leonard? No. The oh. other guy. John <laughs> Barry? It's very informative. Listen, I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> anyway... Dave get, Barry? No. Maybe. I typed in Big Short again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> Dave Barry. Rough. All right, let's get off this tangent. The point is, I watched Get Shorty the movie. I've never seen it because it's pretty good. Are you gonna watch Be Cool? No. Why not? I've heard it's a terrible sequel. Really? Yeah. No. Oh. But I watched it because sh- some I can't even remember who what station did it. Epics, I think. Oh. Epics. Did, oh, with Ray Romano. Yeah, with Ray Romano and Chris oh. O'Dowd. Get Shorty. Uh, and I wanted to watch that because I watched the pilot first. I was like, oh, I wonder how much of this is just a rip, and it's yeah. not really at all. It's oh. its own different okay. take. I don't know. It, if one is more based on the book or not. But, I mean, it's still like a gangster, uh, like a uh, pusher going to L.A. and kind of getting into the movie okay. business. So, Elmer Leonard also wrote the uh, the novels that spun out um, 
Justified. Ah, Raylan, yes. The Raylan, Timothy Tim, Tim Oliphant yeah. plays the Raylan Givens yeah. character. It's confusing about that, though, is that Raylan, the character that Timothy Olin plays, uh-huh. is not a primary character. He's he's a recurring character in Elmore Leonard's stories. Mm-hmm. So when you try to like read those books, you're like, okay, but where's Raylan? Right. You know? That's, yeah, that it's is a weird. good show. It's a cool show. Okay. I like that a lot. FX. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Super Cop, not Super Cop, Rubble in the Bronx. I've watched Rubble in the Bronx. Okay. So what are you, wait, what are you reading now? You're getting ready to start The Witcher. Yeah, I just, I just grabbed The Witcher. Grabbed I the finished Witcher. Contagion okay. and I grabbed my copy of The Witcher. Witcher. So after I f- read this, I just have The Lady of the Lake, uh, which is the last novel. But then uh, next year, he's putting out another one. Oh. Or it's already out. Well, he doesn't make any money from the video game. So yeah. The Coming Storm or the Season of Storms, I think. And it's okay. like a standalone like prequel. Okay. So, Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Roundabout way to say I'm reading The Witcher. Okay. And I watched Get Shorty. I almost did The Big Short again. All right. That's a pretty good movie, though. Big Short. Never seen it. Really? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm not. Oh, you should. Wait. Tell- is that. Is, is that. <laughs> I think I have seen it. Is that. Let's talk about the, the economic collapse. The, yeah. Yes. The housing I, market. Yes. I've seen that, but I haven't seen Spotlight. And right. that always. Those always. Yeah. I never remember which is which. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so let's close <laughs> up the old books. How was Steve Carell's SNL? On the bookmark. Uh, it was not good. Steve yeah. Carell hosted SNL. Yeah. Uh, his his Amazon skit was funny, but that was... And the, and the Space Monkeys was kind of funny, okay. but it was it was disappointing overall. Yeah. But Adam Sandler somehow yes. is funny. We watched the Adam Sandler stand-up special, 100% Fresh, and it was great. Yeah, it, it was it very good. all of us. It was, I couldn't believe my wife laughed as much as she oh, did yeah. at it. Uh, because I thought she wasn't an Adam Sandler fan. Yeah. But I guess she does like some of his stuff. But, like, I can't remember the last of his movies I've enjoyed. Yeah. So I think it goes... Oh, boy. The Wedding Singer is the last one. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, watching that stand-up special is like, Adam Sandler's still funny? Yeah. And also kind of a softy in a way that translates well? Yeah. So... I feel like Adam Sandler, the problem is more like laziness than, yeah. than anything. He's got the it's Kevin Smith problem. He does, yeah. 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 Lazy you know what? syndrome. What? You know what? What? Pixels is pretty fun. That was more fun than it should have been. It was. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, book news. Yes. Let's move it on to the book advanced news now. Notices. Got some advanced notices. Well, one, I want to remind everybody that the Goodreads Choice Awards are in their final round right now. You have until November 26th to vote for your favorite, and we'll see what the winners are. But it's a pretty good list overall, I think. Uh, so that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at some advanced notices, still in large print. I'll have some standard print notices for you uh, next time around, hopefully. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of fun titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the start of a new series by Sarah Fox, Literary Pub Mystery Number 1, Wine and Punishment. Like crime and punishment. Oh, I couldn't figure it out. I kept trying to figure it out. like, wine and what? In the first <laughs> in an engaging new mystery series from USA Today bestselling author Sarah Fox, uh-huh. the owner of a charming literary pub finds her fresh start on the rocks thanks oh. to a case of murder. Oh, you know what's already wrong with this cover? What? She's drinking red wine, but with punishment, you want a white. Oh, that's true. You want a white yeah. wine. Yeah, the oakiness, so, I think, yeah. is really... Uh, <laughs> I know nothing about wine. Yeah, I, don't, I know that that's how James Bond figured out he was dealing with a spy uh. and... Uh, from Russia with love. I see. Because he ordered a red wine with bitch. That's right. Big mistake. You don't do it. Big now mistake-y. he's dead. Big mistake. Now he's dead and James Bond lives on forever. He still does. So. One Taste Too Many, another Ooh. new mystery series by Deborah H. Goldstein, a Sarah Blair mystery number one. For culinary challenge Sarah Blair, there's only one thing scarier than cooking from scratch. Uh-huh. Do you want to guess what it is? Getting scratched It's by- murder. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, first in a new <laughs> series, you'll have these, I think, in February, so plenty of time. You mm-hmm. will not, I repeat, not be able to purchase these as Christmas gifts. 
in large print. So no. don't even try. Yeah, hold off. We got we. You can't do it. We'll get there. The grown ups movies, I guess they're I okay. Seen them. First one's kind of fun. Second one is. I haven't uh, seen them. Hotel Transylvania. I don't know if that counts though for him. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it does. Oh, okay. Well, there you counts. go. Hotel Transylvania was the last Funny movie People's I enjoyed. Very good. We don't need to talk about yeah. Adam Sandler right now. That's no. that's fine. All right, let's turn it over to the New York Times bestseller list. What's uh what's hitting the tip tops? All right. So New York Times bestsellers list. It's kind of interesting. Uh, it what didn't be. make the top ten? You got my hopes up. Uh, Jeffrey Archer debuted at fifteen. Mm. Is that good for Archer? I think so. Okay. Yeah, well, heads so you win his he's new got, book. He's got very passionate fans, but I don't think he's What's picking his... up newbies. Okay. Uh, Where the Crawdads Sings is down to fourteen, but okay. I think that's because of some of the new stuff. And Spark of Light also went down to thirteen. Whoa. Alexander, what? What's Spark of Light? Spark of Light by Jody Picoult. Oh, Picoult. Okay. Uh, Alexander McCall Smith is also debuting with the new book, The Colors of All Cattle. That's the 19th book at number 12. Really? Yeah. And that's number one ladies detective agency. Yep. And huh. Mary Higgins Clark and Alifer Burke at 11 for You Don't Own Me. Well, yeah. Those are basically... Uh, those are those are paperback originals, if right. ever there were. Well, what's interesting? I mean, he made it's only ten, so but he did better than them. Clive Cussler and Graham Brown, Sea of Greed. I I gotta think that McCall Smith is gonna pop up the list in you the coming. So? I For do. Gifts? I yeah. do. Yes, that's, that's a stocking stuff. That size is definitely too. a present too. Um, yeah. So this is the hardcover fiction for adult fiction. Uh, but Sea of Greed by Clive Cussler and Graham Brown, the sixteenth book in the Numa Files. Numa, Numa, hey. <laughs> numa 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 hey that's all i can think i about. wasn't really sure where that was going do you remember that no i don't what uh, no, no i don't the numa numa song i just still don't remember sometimes it. i wonder do if you? you if yeah never mind okay all right number nine what, what do we got here uh the it. noel stranger richard paul, paul evans, evans. Yeah, yeah a newly divorced woman develops a friendship with the owner of a christmas tree lot okay i was waiting to hear shop at the end but it's a lot so he's he owns this Christmas tree lot. Okay. For like what, two months? I don't really know how long you Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. It's, it's not a great business. Well, she's newly divorced and she's out there. She's, she's out. living her life. Gone. And she's met this guy and they're gonna have a friendship and probably more. Hmm. Just in time for Christmas. Yeah, that'd be nice. So uh all right, number eight, Unsheltered by Karen Kingsolver. A novel. I do want to read this. Uh, number seven, Mitch Alden, the next person you meet in heaven. I had planned to write down five names yeah. of ridiculous people that you would meet in heaven okay. after like the first five. Yes. And I didn't. That's sad. So I'm sorry. Next next week, uh-huh. I'll, I'll like find the guy who yeah. like invented the Q-tip. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. That'd Some obscure. Like Tom Bosley from Happy Days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, number six is Stephen King. Elevation. Song? 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 Yeah, it's a song by U2. Okay. Ugh. I don't know. The U2 the band, not U2 as oh, in you. Yeah. Not as well. me as well. Not yeah. me as well. Cool. Number five, Nicholas Sparks. Got it. Every totally got breath. It. Every move you make. <laughs> every bond you song? break. Song? Is that a song? Uh, <laughs> that's what... I, you know what? You yeah. know what? I appreciate that robot thing you were doing. <laughs> Thank so. you. Uh, Michael Connolly, Dark Sacred. I'm not reading. Oh shoot, I just lost my list. You're terrible. What I don't know. Happened? I don't know what's happening to you today. I, I weirdly I ended up on know. Twitter. Uh, oh, I hit the follow us on this anyway. You don't have to tell everybody. <laughs> uh, so this is Detective Renee Ballard. Ballard. Team's. Oh, 
I don't think so. Teams oh. up with retired detective Harry Bosch, who is working on a cold case. Uh-huh. And he needs a little friendship to warm up yes, this does. cold case. Yes, he does. So, looks like the cold case wasn't this murder that's been unsolved for 20 years. It's really high-pitched. Cold case was your heart, Harry Bosch. <laughs> Right? <laughs> right. Well, now I kind of want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, John Grisham, The Reckoning. So what what was the one that we were explaining away as like a dad gift? The one he had written. Rooster Bar? Was that it? Probably. I think it was the one before that. Well, Camino like, Island came out during... Oh, you know what? Camino Island came out around... Uh, Father's Day? Father's Day. I think that's yeah, what... Yeah, okay. could be. Anyway, The Reckoning, a decorated World War II veteran, shoots and kills a pastor inside a Mississippi church. Yowza. Yeah. Uh, number two, I think this would be number one if not for what is that number one, which okay. is usually how number how the second place You're works. Right. <laughs> That's how numerals. <laughs> uh, but anyways, number two, new this week, Nine Perfect Strangers. You Meet in Heaven. By Leanne Moriarty. Oh, yeah, except I don't think that anybody is liking this book. Uh, my wife has been real slow getting into this. Yeah. A uh, romance she's, writer. She's a fan. Yeah, she is. A romance writer becomes fascinated by the owner and director of a health resort. Huh. The only one not fascinated by this owner and director of this health resort are the readers. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I like it. So anyway. Uh, last one. Oh. Number one. I'm ready. Past tense. Lee Child. Oh. Jack Reacher explores the New England town. Wait. I'm from New England. Yeah. You're there. <gasps> New England town where his father was born, and a Canadian couple now find themselves stranded. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Is this a Wolverine story? Just <laughs> <laughs> on the run. Yeah, sorry. I, I, gave you a, I gave you a blank stare, yes, which does did. not play well in podcast Yes, form. you did. Uh, I'll use this time to point out that if you would like to hear our thoughts on Lee Child... Look no further than soundcloud.com slash all the books and episode 116 spotlight on Lee Child featuring my little brother. Hashtag Steve, hashtag Steve forever. Right. Where was his dad born? Steve's dad? No, oh. Jack Reacher. I uh, a Canadian town, I guess. No, he just said uh, New England town. Oh. I mean, not he, me. Now's the time for born. you to look this up. I yeah. Don't, I, don't I, I don't know. I didn't know. I don't think it's a great idea. Okay. Pass. Ten. Oh, I've hit insert. On my keyboard. Now it's just a mess. <laughs> All right. So that's that's the New York Times bestsellers list. That That's it. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Oh. Not really any surprises in there. I thought we could talk about Jack Reacher. What about it? Uh, Jack Reacher is going to be a show now. Yes, it is. No more movies. That's true. So Tom Cruise is no longer playing Jack Reacher. Yeah. But as you pointed out... Everybody is like, oh, it's we kicked him out because he's too short. Like the like yeah, Lee yeah. Child, Lee Child like, came out and was yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Tom Cruise is too short. So we readers have been upset. So we're yeah. recasting. like, and you point out like, no, you're recasting because Tom Cruise isn't doing TV. Right. Tom he's, Cruise is not going to do your TV show. He's not going to do your Netflix Jack Reacher I, yeah, show. Yeah. I guess I just don't understand why you like throw Tom Cruise under the bus. First of all, the bus will drive right over him and won't even hit him because he's so <laughs> short. Second. Like, those movies do not get made unless yeah. Tom Cruise is like, I want to play Jack Reacher. Yeah. Nobody else is going to make those movies. Yeah. Also, and how much no more way, damage? Listen, yeah. after that first movie, no way would movie two have gotten no. done if Tom Cruise wouldn't have no. been like, look at my crazy eyes. Hi, Tom Cruise. Yeah. You're not getting a Jeremy Renner sequel no. for Jack Reacher. No. Um, I also, I don't know how much more damage you expect you can do to Tom Cruise's reputation yeah. anyway. Right. So. Right. Is he in a new movie? I'll see it. Yeah. It's a weird. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah, I just, I guess I just didn't understand the reason to come out and like 
say that Tom Cruise is at yeah. fault when he's the only reason why non-readers yeah. have any idea who Lee Child or or Jack Reacher is. Yep. So so anyway, uh, I'm with you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all to say, there's going to be a Jack Reacher show. Yeah, but I couldn't find. Yeah, the TV I've network. seen it. I've seen it before. I, it was called uh, The Fugitive. It's just all it's going to oh, be. Okay, That's yeah. it. It's just an anthology. Or the Incredible just, Hulk. Yeah, or the Incredible Hulk, That'd or Quantum fun. Leap, yeah. or the Pretender. Yes, it's been done. Mm. It's just, I just don't get it. I don't get right. the appeal. I mean, I just don't think the character is. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, anthology shows don't seem to last many seasons. No, except for the horror one. Yeah, right. So, it's just, you know, I mean, a new a new cast every single time. I mean, that's the whole point of Jack Reacher, and it's why the books get a little fatigued because you can't really, like, grow. He doesn't right. have any, like, touch points. So it's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, still got that toothbrush. <laughs> so anyway, it's not Tom Cruise's fault, but they're making a TV show yeah. that no one's going to watch. Tom Cruise is at fault for so many other things. Many things, but <laughs> not that. Yeah, and not that we want to talk about lest... The hammer comes down. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to be on the bad yeah. side of Tom Cruise. Yeah. No that, way. That opening of Fantastic Beast, where that cloud of smoke just comes through and kills everything. Yeah, that'd be us. No, really, we, we wouldn't we be, be the. No, we'd be the people. The people in the in the Tom Cruise cloud. Tom Cruise is the cloud. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be in a Tom Cruise cloud, but okay. I do want to get a jump start on my holiday shopping. So it's segment time, everyone. It's the holiday season. Uh, Eric and I. So whoop dee doo. Yeah, I like that. Duh. How's Dick, the song Dick go? Reed, Doc. <laughs> that's it. That's uh, Andy Williams. That's that's one of my favorites. Oh, so is I, it? Yeah, good pull. Good pull. And don't forget to wind up your clock. Hang <laughs> up. Your, hang up your sock. <laughs> hang up your sock. Uh, you should remember to wind your clock. Uh, mine is not wound, as you see. Yeah. It stopped at nine forty-five. It's always nine forty-five in this oh, office. Oh boy, the intro of this uh, segment is going very well. We are going to be talking about some some book options to buy for your friends and family because it's just about Black Friday, everybody. That's true. So we were pulling a list from self.com, 21 best books of 2018 to buy for the bookworm in your life. Uh, we looked at a couple different lists, and of course, we're like we have our own thoughts on this, but we settled on this one because it, it pulls some things that uh, I wouldn't really have thought of, but they're interesting. They're different. So yeah, uh, let's take it. So you can, you can find this at self.com, and we'll post it on Twitter. We'll probably won't oh, hit every single one, all right. yeah, but we'll... Uh, we'll We'll do our best. We'll do our best. All right. The first one, very timely, Rage Becomes Her by Soraya Chamali. In this excellent collection of essays, Chamali explores women's anger, which is so often dismissed but holds incredible transformative powers. Don't take it from us. Take it from Gloria Steinem, who graced the book with this convincing jacket blurb. Right. How many women cry when angry because we've held it in for so long? How many discover that anger turned inward is depression? Soraya Chamali's Rage Becomes Her will be good for women and for the future of this country. After all, women have a lot to be angry about. So again, certainly timely. Uh, it's it's yep. been getting some good reviews. Uh, nonfiction here. Starred reviewed from Kirkus. So yep. um, this is one we have in our collection as well. But Quoting Kirkus, the feel-good book of the summer. I think no, you're, you're reading the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. You're reading the wrong thing. Yeah. But now I feel like I have to say, Kirkus actually <laughs> said, bracingly liberating, important, timely, and necessary. Yeah. So pretty high praise. Sorry about that. The next one we've already talked a little bit about due to uh, the Man Booker Prize. It was the winner this year. So Eric, why don't you yeah, take it away? Yeah, this was an awkward cover to look up the on mil- google the yeah. milkman milk or not man. the milkman it's just milkman it's and like actually a uh, self's uh, rundown of what this book is about mm-hmm. is um very helpful because a lot of the other synopses i've read have, have just been like wait yeah, so you weren't what interested is it about? by the first when it won you weren't interested by the description yeah if i remember yeah 
It follows a teenage girl attempting to avoid sexual advances from middle-aged paramilitary she calls Milkman. Uh, Kwame Anthony uh, Apaya, 2018 Man Booker Prize chair of judges, described the book as a story of brutality, sexual encroachment, and resistance threaded with mordant humor. Interesting. Now, this so. is one that, I don't know, usually, usually when the Man Booker Prize is announced uh-huh. there is like a, a spike in sales and i think that has been but it has this hasn't really like bled over into not like the um underground or, or not no not not at all but this is not i don't know last year's last year's winner yeah um boy yeah right. i don't know we'd have to check right we'd have to check but anyway uh milkman by anna burns winner of the uh man booker prize for this year and uh, on the list here as an interesting option as well Lincoln so, and the Bardo. Lincoln and the Bardo won, yeah. won which, Man Booker last year. Which was everywhere as well. It was. It was. So, but yeah. so this one is kind of, I don't know, it sort of stands on its own. I wonder if it's, well, I guess Underground, well, Underground Railroad was a heavy topic, but it, like the way it was sold, like um, yeah. metaphor. Liter- it was, yeah, it was like right. a, a literal interpret, like if the Underground Railroad was, a real was train. actually, yeah. Um, it had that like hook to kind of, they bring you like, oh, this is going to be brutal, but yeah. it's like a train. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Milkman has, and Lincoln the Bardo is just a bunch of fun ghosts having a fun time. Yeah. I think maybe the s- subject matter, I mean, it's it's heavy times yeah. in 2018. So I think when you're writing, even if it's great stuff, heavy stuff, it's hard to be like, well, time to basically read the news, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is uh, the next one here on their list is the Mars Room, which was also up for the Man Booker Prize. Yeah, this one I feel like I've seen a lot more. I, I agree. Around town. I agree. So this is the Mars Room by Rachel Kushner, a finalist for the Man Booker Prize and long listed for the Andrew Carnegie Medal. Mm-hmm. It's a novel about characters in the fictional Sandville Women's Correctional Facility in Central California. Yeah, this one this one has been getting a lot more a lot more talk yeah. and a lot more buzz. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it was a finalist, but yeah, ultimately they settled on Milkman. Yeah. But is uh, it uh, a novel about fictional Stanville Women's Correctional Facility yeah. in Central California? Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, the next one: When They Call You a Terrorist, a Black Lives Matter memoir. Uh, so that's interesting. I don't know that we've seen that, like in the in the wake of that movement, like a specific book, um, you know, from a personal standpoint about mm-hmm. that. Um, I, I mean, there must be ones out there, but uh, when you call, when they call you a terrorist, Black Lives Matter, a memoir by Patrice Con Colors and Asha Bandel. Con Colors, who co-founded Black Lives Matter in 2013 alongside Alicia Garza and Opal Tometi, wrote a memoir that explores her own experience growing up as a black woman in America, mm-hmm. the early stages of her movement, and what happened when Black Lives Matter took off. So that's that's a pretty personal inside uh, take on on a movement that really. I mean, is now at the forefront of most Americans' minds. Uh, so interesting there. I want to take Tommy Orange at number five. With There, There, the book that we still didn't really understand at I the end. No, Maybe I this don't. will. Maybe it will. Uh, all right. So There, There by Tommy Orange, which was on the New York Times bestsellers list for a while. Uh, a new kind of Native American epic, which is already more than I learned from any thing we saw yes, about this agreed which explores agreed. the history of violence against native americans and how that has become uh, that has come to bear in the present day orange says there's been a lot of reservation literature written i wanted to have my character struggle in the way that i struggled in the way that i see the other native american people struggle with identity and with authenticity so yeah that's already 
a description of the book compared to everything. I can't even remember yeah. what the New York Times summary was. Sometimes the New York Times list is not helpful. Yeah. So. Uh, and this this is one that, that also did sort of transcend as well because it was actually a bestseller. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, this, this was one that uh, was high on people's reading lists and yeah. being read quite often. I'm so. going to add it to my to-read list. Interesting. Well, yeah. that'd be interesting to hear what you think. Well, I can't promise when I'll read it. Oh. But... Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you got real sad at the That's end. That's all right. That's all right. I'm going to jump down to A Place for Us by Fatima Farin Mirza. In this novel, which is the first book published by Sarah Jessica Parker's imprint. Yeah. I guess, does that make sense? Well, only only in that Sarah Jessica Parker uh, has partnered with the American Library Association to do like a regular book club and that sort of thing. Oh. So she's been very involved in that side of things. So yes, I think given that kind of lead up, it does make sense. Okay. Uh, Mercer writes about a Muslim family living in California who gather for a young woman's wedding. Mercer told the guardian that the book is like a long love letter to her life. That was mine right until I started writing it. She doesn't want readers to focus on the character's religion. Uh, the author goes on to say, to me, it was always a story about brothers and sisters, mothers and daughters, fathers and sons. They just happen to be Muslim. She said, which is nice. It's, it sounds like, you know, it's it's nice when that's just kind of a normal, like, everyday background and mm-hmm. it's not, like, the fourth, like, not the purpose of the book. Right. Um, I think that's uh, that's a good way for people to just kind of accept characters like that without, mm-hmm. you know, it being a big deal. Right. Uh, so it's nice. It's an approachable way, I think, for people who maybe don't naturally um, gravitate towards reading books about uh, characters of, of that background. Mm-hmm. Uh, educated's been on the list quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tara Westover's Educated is a remarkable memoir of a young woman raised in a survivalist family in Idaho who strives for education while still showing great understanding and love for the world she leaves behind. Uh, Westover, who never set foot in a classroom until her first day of college, writes about growing up working at her family's junkyard, studying solo for the ACT, and struggling through her first semester of college. She flourished and now holds a PhD from Cambridge. That's pretty amazing. I think I first heard of this book. Barack Obama put it on his list of like two read books that, you know, he always announced. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I remember hearing about it then. And then, of course, it's been a bestseller. It's been uh, pretty popular yeah. in here. He had nice things to say about the uh, he, he also talked about the book I read a while ago, the uh, Three Body Problem, that big sci-fi oh, right. novel. So did he like it? Yeah. You didn't like it. No, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. What am I? Oh, I'm thinking of the N.K. Jemison stuff that you didn't like. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Not good. <laughs> All right, uh, jumping down to The Map of Salt and Stars Mm -hmm. by Jennifer Zanyab Jakahader. In this novel, Syrian-American writer uh, follows two Syrian women leading parallel lives almost 800 years apart. As Nara and her family are forced to flee conflict in present-day Syria, she comforts herself with the story of Rawaya, who disguised herself as a boy in order to become a mapmaker's apprentice Mm -hmm. in the 12th century. I just like that. Mm. I, I mean, that I always like parallel journey stories. Oh, do you? I mean, yes. I think when done well, they're really cool, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess is, you yeah. know, like obviously if Superman. it's bad, it's not going to be good, but no. <laughs> well, they're, <laughs> they're both on journeys. They're 800 intersect. years apart. I just, I like that. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. When, so the lake know. house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Keanu Reeves vehicle, the lake house. Wow. Anyway. Throw it just, Sandra Bullock under the bus. It just Wait. sounds like... <laughs> That's almost a oh, speed reference. It, oh, man. Almost. There's a lot there. I think it was speed, too. They really threw her under the bus. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. the map of salt and stars. I like that one. You know well, what? I could say it sunk her career. You know no, what? she's fine. She's the biggest star in Hollywood. Go I'm going to put map of salt and stars. Look at us. Look yeah. at us just go. Yeah. We're finding gifts for ourselves. I'm doing really. it. Yeah. Merry so. Christmas to this guy right yeah. here. 
Uh, an American Marriage is also on this list, oh, which yes. was on the list, which was on the New York Times bestsellers list for a while. Yes, we've uh, poked fun at this many Tahari times. Tari Jones, An American Marriage. Jones writes about newlyweds uh, Celestial and Roy, and dealing with having the name Celestial. No, and what happens when Roy is sentenced to twelve years in prison for a crime he didn't commit? The New Yorker describes the novel as both sweeping and intimate. Hmm. Uh, at once an unsparing exploration of what it means to be black in America and a remarkable lifelike portrait of marriage. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not big on reviews or descriptions where you're just saying they're both things that are usually opposites of each yeah. other. Like, uh, they were foolish yet wise. They were brave yet cautious yeah it's like okay so they're just a regular person that's how you can tell somebody's fortune you know yeah, yeah. you're very decisive but sometimes struggle when uh, hard choices come wait are you doing an impression or are you just reading my fortune because that's true wow wow i don't know where that <laughs> yeah. came from it was like something oh otherworldly just yeah. took me over for a minute there yeah jumping down little fish by casey plett mm-hmm. uh, so we're not we're this not covering the prequel to Tim Burton's Big, Big Fish. Fish, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're not covering everything on this list here, yeah. so again, we'll post this online because it is a very—it's a cool list with a, a diverse uh, series of books that are not—they're um, just kind of off the beaten path. They're not just like yeah. bestsellers for the last six months. So anyway, mm-hmm. Little Fish by Casey Platt. Casey Platt used to write a column for McSweeney's about tra- being transgendered. In her debut novel, a transgender woman named Wendy Reimer discovers that her grandfather, a devout Mennonite farmer, may also have been transgender. Trans readers laud Platt's ability to get at the heart of their experience, while non-trans readers say they close the cover feeling enlightened. Hmm. Uh, enlightenment's always a good thing. Um, what's the next one? Oh, there it is. Circe, uh, which confused the heck still, out of us still for being does. on the list. It still does. Circe by Madeline Miller. Uh, Miller adapts and retells the Greek myth of Circe, a goddess who transforms her enemies into wild animals featured in Homer's Odyssey. Calls the book a classic story of female empowerment. And uh, Miller has spoken about why she chose to write about Circe. Well, I want to hear this. In the process of reimagining the character, this is a story of a woman finding her power and, as part of it, finding her voice. She starts out really unable to say what she thinks. And by the end of the book, she's able to live life on her terms and say what she thinks and what she feels. And just turn people into animals. Huh. You know? She had to find her path to I guess so. turning things into animals. I don't know. This this has just never appealed to me. And yeah, it's, it's strange. That uh, remains not, yeah. not appealing to me. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, sure. All right. Uh, you want to do... Let's do one more each. Okay. If You Leave Me by Crystal. Don't you dare. Anna Kim. Don't you dare, Nick. <laughs> Kim's, Kim's debut novel, long listed for the Center for Fiction's first novel prize, is an intergenerational saga that starts in wartime Korea. It's at once a love story, an exploration of female autonomy, and a tale of war and refugee life that offers a unique human view from within splintered nation. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, What do we got? We got intoxication and it's oh no the recovering intoxication in its aftermath i love the cover of this book uh it's a typewriter in a shock not a shot glass yeah a tumbler yeah all right uh the re- this is by leslie uh jameson jameson's latest book is a memoir about addiction and recovery and so much more she also includes the addiction of stories of famous and non-famous people cultural analysis of how we think about addiction and sobriety and some truly excellent what I just say? Excellent? You said excellent. Huh. Truly excellent scholarship and reporting. So there you go. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm posting the list on Twitter right now. Don't you dare. No, because he, he I do think it's a pretty cool 
I think it's a pretty cool list. And yeah. even the ones that we didn't have time to go over, mm-hmm. uh, there's, a, there's a lot on here that you might not, um, I don't know, you might not just come across these books and be like, oh, that's it. But right. uh, I feel like they do a good job of describing them and are, you know, pulling them from all over the place. So it is, it's a good list. Yeah. And it'll be on Twitter. All right. Um, I guess that's it. So we can, we can turn it over to library news now. Yeah. There's uh, one thing that I'm excited about that we're going to be doing uh, on the podcast in the coming weeks. We just decided this morning. Okay. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, it's, it's Christmas time. So we've, we've got a couple of uh, oh, Christmas. Not, not quite yet. No, go not. On. No, go on. No, I'm no, sorry. No. I'm being confrontational. It's, it's be- the beginning of the Christmas <laughs> season starts post Thanksgiving. Yeah. We've got a couple of Christmas book clubs that are happening here in the library. We're doing Santa Claus by Santa Claude. Sorry. Yeah. It's a cat. By Rita Mae Brown and Sneaky Pie Brown. Which is a cat. Her cat. Yes. And we're also doing Mr. Dickens and his Carol, which we featured on the podcast last year mm-hmm. uh, in our uh, talk about some new Christmas books coming out. So. Right. We're going to be doing that as well, so you can join us for both of those. But we're going to do a little Christmas cozy book report here on the podcast. I will be reading Santa Claude, and I will be telling you all uh, my feelings on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mr. Eric Mickles Mm -hmm. is going to be reading... Do you remember the title? No. The Christmas Cake Murder. That's right. Christmas Cake Murder. By Joanne Fluke. (laughs) And uh, the Nutcracker himself, uh, Mr. Bo Hutchings, who joined us last year on the podcast, Mm -hmm. coming back to town to play the Nutcracker again, will be also reading A Cozy Christmas Mystery. Uh, We batted around some ideas. He has not made a final decision (laughs) yet, so that's going to be the wild card. But in a couple weeks, we're going to sit down and we're going to have an uh, old-fashioned... Are we going to decide which one was the best? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Is it going to be up to the individual yeah. to I feel like we're all just push. bringing our frankincense and myrrh and whatnot to this right. thing. Gold is the other thing. Yeah. And oh. uh, yeah, we'll do it. We'll throw up a, a Twitter poll. We'll see yeah. which one of us was able to uh, sell you on that Christmas yeah, sure. book. Sell you on the mystery. So pretty, pretty exciting times. Pretty exciting times. Yeah. The Nutcracker is coming up here. Yeah. Uh, December 7th is the first night. That is at 7 o'clock. And then Saturday and Sunday, we also have performances at 2. Uh, if you've seen The Nutcracker before, this one's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we're doing some scenes, well, Genesee Dance Theater, I should say, is doing some scenes that we don't typically have on the stage here. Going to be a little different setup. So if you've seen it before, you're going to want to see it again. Plus, then uh, you don't have to go to Disney's Nutcracker, you don't which have to has go apparently see, been yeah, pretty you don't bad. Have to see it. You don't have to see it. Yeah. I still kind of want to see it, but you don't have to. Hmm. And Ever Ecumenical Choir is going to be back on December 14th. And we've just settled with Creek Bend Band, who we had to cancel that concert because of the weather. Yeah. They're going to come back and do a Christmas show on December 20th. So December is a busy month for everyone, but it's going to be super busy here at the library in a good way. So if you're exhausted from all the Christmas shopping and family get-togethers, uh, <laughs> join us for one take of these up. fun Christmas events. Yeah. So that's that's the big news for me. Yeah, Eric, take it away. Uh, November thirtieth, because December's a bit too busy. We had busy. to show our movie a little earlier. So December thirtieth, our after-school movie is Alpha, which is the story about a boy and a wolf. It's who a story about the, the, dog. the robot from Power Rangers. No, no, just him <laughs> celebrating Christmas. Yeah, it's oh my gosh, alone. Actually, there is a VHS called Alpha's Magical Christmas. I have seen it, and. It's not good. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, no, this is a. Sneaky this is around. technically like the first boy and his dog story. Yes, that's true. So, this movie, I did want to see this movie. Yeah, I was very confused by the trailers to this originally because it made it look like it was like this indie kind of artsy mm. film, and then I saw one where they put a narrator and he's like, "This boy will learn what it means to be a man, and this wolf will learn his place." <laughs> 
And, you know, <laughs> it's just... The voice was good, but I wish podcast listeners could have seen the face you oh, were making. Because that really sold it from you. You were like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah. Also, we started our, like, thousands... Thousand... I'm saying thousands, but a thousand books a thousand before... Thousand books before kindergarten. Before kindergarten. So, uh, you can come to the library and... We have some totes. Yep. Uh, but you can also put your name when you reach certain milestones. We got a big old hungry caterpillar. Yes. Uh, that you can track your progress Absolutely on. Absolutely, you can. Um, yeah. So that's going on as well. Also, we're going to be doing uh, some kind of raffle stuff with some uh, loot crates. Oh, that's exciting! In, in December. Okay. So we got some stuff. And Weren't we're going to raffle the hate you give, or did you already do that? No, we're going to set that up uh, as well. The hate you give. And Dear Martin, Dear Martin are go, uh, are being raffled as well separately. Cool. So. Well, uh, again, the thousand books before kindergarten is something that we're really excited about. So if you know if you know some kids who are pre K, uh, this is a really simple way. We're trying to make it very parent friendly. Um, that you can check out books, you can log the books, right. uh, and get through that quickly just to improve literacy skills, uh, and vo- uh, vocabulary, and just really, it, it makes a huge difference. So hope you can participate in the program, and like I said, we're trying to make it as easy as possible. So, And a free tote bag, thanks to the Wellsville Rotary Club, so you can't, you can't lose. It's a sharp tote bag, too. Nice job, Kate. Sharp. That tote bag. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for me. You got anything else you want to talk about? No. You want to talk more about Cool Spot, the Sega Genesis game? From, no. From a few I, weeks back? I appreciate you asking, but I think... You got it. I think I'm okay. You got it good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode 170. And we'll see you next week. Bye.